Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world right now. Thank you so much for choosing to tune in and listen to us talk nonsense about the FPL game that we all know and love. Our friend Birdman, the maker of this pod, is still down under. He's unable to join us this evening. So you will be spending the next half an hour with yours truly, Jack, and Robbie Wellham, where we will be sitting down and having some very cultured conversations where we try to help you navigate what is going to be a potentially tricky but ultimately exciting double game week 26. We're going to talk through what we feel is the best chip to use, whether that be bench boost or triple captain. And then we're going to look at seven, seven triple captaincy options that you should be considering and go through their stats. This episode is not to be missed. And thank you as always to our pod sponsor, FPL Updates and Tips. Please do go give them a follow on social media. They're a fantastic account. They talk through player comparisons. They look at stats along with much, much more FBL content. Please do go give them a follow. They produce some really great stuff. But without further ado, it's time for the Bird's Eye View episode 11. A double game week usually signifies one key thing, and that is chip strategies. These are the moments of the season where we target the players, the chips that we need. Not that we want, that we need. They can genuinely make or break your season. So getting that chip strategy right is so huge. It can be the difference between catching up with your rivals or looking behind your shoulders. So here in this next segment, Robbie and I are going to have a little look through about what chip strategy you guys should be using for this huge double game week 26. Now, Robbie, I think there's, let's tee up, there's three, maybe four kind of, there's the four key chips. um, And I've seen most of the conversation has been around whether we triple captain or whether we bench boost. Mm. And I guess I'd like to start with, let's start with bench boost. Like, What's your thought process around bench boosting so I th- this week? I think bench boosting this week, it would be a very good way to go, so long as you have the right players. Um, if you've got players on your bench that aren't playing regularly or just pottering along with one or two points, it's not worth doing at all. Um, so you have to have the correct players to be doing this bench boost. Um, yeah. Personally, I wildcarded 25 in order to do this for 26. So I've got a lot of players on my bench who will be play, should be starting anyway, and should be playing. Yeah. So I'm going to be playing. I've got a lot of players playing double game weeks this week. If you have players who have some tough fixtures, so for example, if you've got lots of Chelsea players, I'd maybe look at avoiding it. But I don't think many people have a lot of Chelsea players in their teams at the moment. Um, but otherwise, I think. This week is as good as as good as any to do a bench boost because I, I think as Ben Ben Krellin said, there's it's unlikely to be another big double game week before the end of the season. So this is your best chance to have double game week fixtures in a lot of your players. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank, thank you, Robin. And I've seen, obviously, with, with that wild card you brought in some really interesting assets, particularly Harvey Barnes mm. could be a really interesting one with James Madison out. Surely Barnes is going to become a key creator. Rafinha, I mean, I don't know how this guy's not hitting double figures nearly oh, every yeah. single week. He's so lively. You've got Stuart Dallas in there. You're sticking with Mo and Danny Ings. <laughs> <laughs> one day he will reward your faith. Um but yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. And bench boost, uh, that's such an interesting one. With all of these chips, you we can kind of get pulled into this false illusion sometimes where we bring in some players and we can often make our benches look really strong because that can feel quite nice with a mm. bench boost. But also my tactic with a bench boost to try and help me think about it is to act as if I'm not playing the bench boost and then make my bench as weak as I can make it of the 15 players that I have. So the the second goalkeeper and then the three worst players. And then look at it that way and see, are these players that I still want to play a bench boost for? Because quite often I see people bench boost and they have like a Diaz on the bench or they have uh, Harvey Barnes on the bench or a Hyung Son Min. Um, and... And that's not really realistic. You would, you'd still be having those players playing. Um, and so I guess that's one thought I had, if you are considering that bench boost to really, really be considering. Um, I've seen some people talk about playing a wild card this week um, and loading up with some more Leeds players. But actually at the moment, if you still got your wild card intact, I would, I would definitely recommend holding on to that until game week 29, unless you've also got the free hit. Mm -hmm. I guess that leads us on quite nicely to the triple captain. Um, Rob, what is your view on the on triple, triple captaining? Yeah, this week? I think if you haven't got your bench boost or you don't feel it's appropriate for your, that you don't have the quality on your bench in order to bench boost, I think this has to be the week where you look at triple captain potential. Um, if you don't like the options on your bench, then I think it could be worth looking at taking a hit to get some, to get some players because if you bench boost, you're having that extra, that extra amount of points. So taking a hit of a minus four, eight, even a minus 12 could be worth doing this week. Uh, Birdie proved this earlier this season when he got 30 points off his bench um, when he bench boosted. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't have the players on the quality of the players on your bench at the moment, it's certainly worth weighing up taking a hit as well. But if that's out the window, then I think triple captain has to be the way to go. There are some sort of players that you've got to be looking at this week. Your sons, your canes, your um, even though Tottenham are out of form, their fixtures are fantastic. And then there's lots of other really good options. The premium midfielders all look like they could be options. De Bruyne is back. Um, I think we'll talk about this a bit later on. So I think if you're not bench boosting, yeah. triple captaining has to be, it, this week has to be the one, I think. Okie doke. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard it here first. Robbie's recommendations is that a bench boost, you can go up to a minus 12 on hits, but any more, mm -hmm. and you're in very, very risky territory. Yeah. But with that captain, there are so many interesting options. So stick around with us as we look into them. So here we go. Such a key part of FPL and such a key part of today's pod. We will be bringing you the best, the seven best 
triple captaincy options and going into detail about which ones we think are the best. Now, as you know, the Birdman is not with us here today. He's still down under, living at large. But what does remain of his legacy is the Bird Scale. Today, me and Robbie go head to head with our Bird Scale ratings and we'll review it and see which one of us has scaled our players better. So that is what's in store. We've got some really interesting, exciting options coming up. And I think we should start with... Robbie, who would you like to start with of our seven options? Well, I think the way we've got to start, we've got to go the vanilla himself, the boring one, the most consistent player in fantasy football this season, and that is Bruno Fernandes. Um, so he's got 10 double figure hauls this season. He's got yeah. 16 returns out of 25 games. He is playing Chelsea, which I think does affect him a little bit. And yeah. as they have been very good defensively, they were very good yesterday against Atletico Madrid, another clean sheet. So that does throw that little bit of doubt in there. But I think you just have to consider be considering Bruno Fernandes. He's so unbelievably consistent and has been all season. And he's playing yeah. against the Crystal Palace team who've not looked very good at all recently. Um, they're sort of expected their goals against in, in since January is seventeenth in the league at the moment, and their expected goals against is fourteenth. So you think Bruno will certainly get a return against them if he doesn't against Chelsea. Um in terms of a bird scale for Bruno. I've got, I've got to throw it out there. It's got to be. We've got to start off big. It's going to be an A. It's got to be an A for Bruno. Wow. Are we saying A's as high as they go? I think an A plus. If he wasn't playing Chelsea, I think it would be an yeah. A plus. I think I'm an A plus you. is still on the cards. I'm with you. So I'm, I'll give him, give him Bruno an A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, we were able to get into the mind of the Birdman this week yeah. and convince him not to captain Bruno. Um, despite him being probably the obvious captain choice. Uh, and he went for Bruno instead. And wonderfully, I have great news for our listeners out there. He has just been knocked off of top spot. And that's the true reason. <laughs> that is the true reason he is not with us today. Yeah, he, he's um, currently crying in Australia because <laughs> he thought the, fin- the season had finished already, but it hasn't. So we we tried to tell him medals don't get handed yeah. out in January. They don't get handed out in January. Mm-hmm. Um, bless him. He'll learn. He'll learn one day. Um, but yeah, I think Bruno, as Robbie has already kind of touched on, is such an intriguing option. As Robbie said, there's a 16 returns in 25 games. He's had 10, 10 double figure hauls, which is double anyone else bar Gundogan in our list. Who's got six. That's four ahead of Gundogan. And he has only blanked in nine games so far this season, which makes him the second best of our premium assets here with a 36% blank rate, which in this kind of game is wonderful. Um, I think as Robbie's kind of said, Chelsea are the second best defense only behind an unbelievable Man City side. That is going to be an issue. And Bruno has had a tendency to struggle against some of the, the bigger teams, but that mm. Palace game is interesting. But now we also wanted to include and just have a think about the points in the reverse fixture for Bruno. Not too good. Not 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 too good. I, I won't lie. It's a three-pointer against Chelsea in that nil-nil game. And then the first game of the season for them was against Palace, which was a two-pointer. The reason I say first game of the season is because context is needed. I don't think Man United have hit their stride whatsoever for the first few games. They have hit their stride. Bruno has got 70 points 
since January the 1st, which means he's averaging seven points a game, which is the second best only behind, mm. of course, Gundogan. Um, and he's obviously the top point scorer in the game right now. Bruno Fernandes, I'm with Robbie. I'm going to give it an A. I'm going to give it. I'm going to go vanilla here with you. I'm going to stick with an A. I think this might be the only one that we probably are going to agree on. It's an A. It will be an A plus, but Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel, that knocked it down one little bit. But now we go on to, let's go on to <laughs> the Man City midfielders. Why don't we do both at once? Should we do yeah, Gundogan and De Bruyne? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I haven't included Sterling within this because I just don't think you should triple captain Sterling. Um, <laughs> but the other two, it is, there's some interesting bits between the two of them. Um, I'll go first with this time, Robbo. Yeah. Um, Actually, let's argue one for each. Why not? So Gundogan has got nine returns in 19 games uh, and has six double-figure hauls, which is fantastic from him. Um, he ha- he's, he's ticked away quite nicely with points despite a really slow start to the season. And he's averaging, since January the 1st, 90 points since January the 1st, which is an average of 8.2 points per game. There's too many word point words mm-hmm. in there then. But... 8.2 um, is is fantastic. Uh, and in the reverse fixtures for him, not too good. West Ham two-pointer, Wolves didn't play. But as I've said, he's really hit top gear again. The question is, is whether with De Bruyne, that's going to become an issue. So, Rob, what's your, what's your views on that and, and on De Bruyne? Yeah, so I've, I've been avoiding the Gundogan hype train. Um, it's, it's sort of damaged me a lot, especially over the last sort of three or four weeks. Yes, it, but yes, this this week, it paid off for me. I, 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 he only got three points this week. Um, mm. And the reason I've been avoiding it is because I know De Bruyne has been out injured and I, I think his... I don't think his points will completely dry up. So, obviously, in the first 13 game weeks of the season, he only had one return. The rest, he was getting three or two points. I don't think he'll go back to that sort of level, but I think his scores will start to decrease as De Bruyne is back in the side. Yeah, I don't Um, disagree. So, I think I'd I'd back De Bruyne, and that's the main reason why I haven't jumped on Gundogan personally, is because I think De Bruyne coming back will affect how he plays. Um, You've also got to take into account the old Pep Roulette as well. Um, I'll be surprised if any Man City players other than Edison play 90 minutes in both games in this double game week, Um, especially because they have Champions League later this evening. Um, They do have to rotate for this. So the Man City players, there's always that issue of Pep Roulette. Um, I think De Bruyne back in the team, I mean, he he was averaging, um, he averages 5.2 points per game, which is a little bit low for him compared to last season. Um, but what is promising, if you watch De Bruyne, you have that little eye test. He's getting in the position. He's he's getting he's creating these chances. He just hasn't had his shooting boots on this season, and you just think it's a matter of time before he does. Um, he got yeah. 13 points against Wolves in the reverse fixture uh, earlier this season. Um, but West Ham are playing very well. They're in the top yes. four for a reason, and Wolves have started to pick up a little bit. So they're not. Even though they're both home games, they're not massively easy fixtures. So, so what what is your bird scale ratings? Do you want to go first? I'll let you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, so Kevin De Bruyne, I'm going to give a B. Um, This is because I think I don't think he'll play 90 minutes in either game. But if Mm. he does play 90 minutes, I'm expecting a haul from him. 
I'm, I'm expecting a double figure haul if he plays 90 minutes. Going to um, I'm gonna I'm I might get a lot of abuse for this. Um, <laughs> I, I might uh, I, I this could come back to haunt me. Um, but I'm going to give him a C plus because I don't think Gunda one will have the same effect in this city team now that De Bruyne is back. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Oh. <laughs> wow, Robbie has. He's wow. Okay, yeah. That, you, you're entitled to your opinion, and I think there's some strong views there. Mm. Um, I'm actually going to look at form right now and consider the form which is since the turn of the year one player is averaging 8.2 the other one is averaging 5.1 which is pretty dismal so actually i'm going to give kevin de bruyne <laughs> actually i'm going to save him for a second i'm going to give gundawan a b minus for gundawan i think he's in form he's getting forward he's getting in those chat in those chances he's an informed player there's definitely two, three players I'd choose over him at the moment, but that's what I'm going to give him. Did I say B minus? You did. Yeah, I'm happy with a B minus. That's why. That's why I'm going to give Gundogan. Kevin De Bruyne. I'm going to give a D. Oh, <laughs> goodness me. I, yeah, I'm going to give him a D. I think. I don't think he's probably going to play both games. I think he's. They're really wanting to prioritize Champions League now, as you would, because. They've already got one hand on the title. So I think yeah. that's an issue. People think he's going to be taking pens, but I'm not so sure. Um, I don't I don't know if he will. And with a 57.8% blank ratio, 11 blanks in 19 games this season, more blanks than anyone, highest blank ratio of anyone, I don't think he's worth it. I think yeah. the risk there, Kevin De Bruyne is a risk. And I cannot believe I am saying those words, but he's a risk. <laughs> He's not even in my team. I'm not considering him. I'm not triple captaining either of them. I'm going to keep Gundogan. That's me done for Man City. But who should we move on to next, Robbo? We, we, we've got our Man City players out of the way. We've got the Bruno out of the way. Now where? Right. I think we move on to a couple of English strikers. Let's hear it. Um, okay. So we have Sir Harold Kane, the mighty Kane Dino. Um, okay. He's... Harry Kane has been very has been quite consistent for Tottenham um, this season. Yeah. Um, he's only he's got a low blank rate of forty point nine percent, and um, he's been getting goals, assists all over the shop. He's been absolutely fantastic. He does have some fairly nice fixtures: um, Fulham and Burnley. He's got eight points against Fulham earlier in the season and five against Burnley. So he's. He's certainly a very, very viable option. He is quite expensive for a striker. If you look at the other options yeah. we have up top, he's significantly more expensive than the other strikers. So he'll come in your team at the cost of um, one of your premium midfielders. So that's something you do have to consider whether it's worth that. But I think he's, he's certainly a very viable option. Um, he's he's had a rest from... They, did Tottenham play yesterday? Am I am I completely tripping, or did they play yesterday? No, they're playing tonight. They're, they're I playing tonight. Okay, so I, I feel like Kane, I feel like Kane isn't in the squad and he's being rested. I think I've already seen that somewhere online. Yeah. Um. So he should be fresh. He should be fresh for these games, and I, I'd, I'd expect him. I think there's a good chance he get double figure points this week, at least. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I guess I'm going to build on on what Robbo said there. He's 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 pretty consistent with his returns. Thirteen returns in twenty two games is 
it's pretty good going. And five double-figure hauls is is up there with, with Mo Salah. And I know there'll be some people out there that are questioning Tottenham's form right now and saying, especially since the turn of the year. So um, I just want to reassure some people. So over the course of the season, Harry Kane has averaged seven points per game, 155 points so far. That's without clean sheet bonuses because he's not a midfielder, okay? Since the turn of the year, he is averaging six points. So he is still hitting those numbers without Tottenham being in form. Mm. And you just think there needs to start being a reaction from the from this Tottenham side. And what better way to get a reaction than against teams that have the 15th and 14th worst expected goals against since the turn of the year? Fulham and Burnley have both given away a lot of chances. Now, they have quite a good goals against re- uh, ratio because they're mid-table for that. But Ariola and Nick Pope keep on bailing them out. And there is no player in this league who is better at taking his chances than Harry mm-hmm. Kane. He will get chances in both of these games. The question Absolutely. is, will he take them? I remember seeing, I, I didn't make a note of the stat, but I think he's scored against everyone in the bottom half of the table this season already. He, or he's returned against the boss, everyone in the bottom half of the table this season. So he's got two fixtures against teams in the bottom half of the table this week. So that's certainly, yeah. so it, it adds that little bit of extra spice to it. Certainly. Um, so what what are you going to give him then? What are you going to give Harry Kane? I'm going to give the, Harry Kane to... just oh, because let's... he has yeah. he's such he's so important to this Tottenham team. You've got to remember for a lot of this run they've been on, he hasn't been playing. He has been injured for most of it, certainly. Yeah. Um, and he's so influential. He gets points against a small team. I'm going to give him an A minus. I don't think he's quite a certified choice as Bruno, but I'd certainly give him, a, I think Kane's a very, very viable option this week. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that sounds less outrageous than <laughs> this one. So I can't much. Um, I, I would say with Harry Kane, my thoughts would be, if you're defending a title, um, Bruno, uh, if you're chasing a title, Harry Kane could be very, very interesting. With that being said, uh, I don't like that. I'm going. I'm not going to go the same as. You. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to have to go the same. I think he's an A minus. I'm yeah. frustrated that you chose A minus, but <laughs> you've got A minus. We both agreed on Bruno and Kane, yeah. and on the Man City assets. But okay, so that's Kane. You talked about other English strikers. Yeah. We've got two more English strikers mm. on our list. Should we go to Sir Jamie Vardy? Yes, he was the one I, I was. I meant when I said we got two English strikers because of, well, I have a good segue later on. Right. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Vardy? I talked about Kane. You can go for Vardy. Yeah, no, I'd love to talk. I'd love, I'd love to talk about Vardy. Vardy is such a an interesting um, an option, and Birdie obviously threw out there, which is one of the reasons that we kind of kept him and wanted to talk about him. Uh, Vardy has got twelve returns in twenty one games, despite carrying that injury that he's now fit from. Uh, he's he's averaging six points per game over the course of the season. It's been pretty poor since the turn of the year. So that's something to really bear in mind. And he is against two very, very solid defences here in an Arsenal side that are fifth for goals against and a Burnley side that are ninth for goals against. So they don't give up many chances, but I feel that Vardy loves playing against the original big boys. And Arsenal, wherever they are now, they are still considered one of the originals. Um, so I definitely think he's an interesting one with a blank rate of 42%. He's 
he's in the middle of all of these guys. I'd say he's a risk. He's, he's a definite risk against solid defences with a, a slightly higher blank rate than we'd like and not loads and loads of double-figure hauls. What's your thoughts, Robbo? Yeah, I think Jamie Vardy, he loves the big games. He's got a very good record against the big teams. I'm, I'm sure everyone has seen the sort of stats about him. So I think if you could do, and he scored against Arsenal early this season, he got seven points against them. The game against Burnley is one that's the sort of game that he doesn't really thrive in, where they sort of have a, he can't use his pace to get in behind as easily. But at the same time, I think he is still a decent option. The one thing that does concern me about Jamie Vardy is the fact that Madison has picked up this injury. Um, I, yeah. I don't know the full extent of it. I don't know how long he's confirmed to be out for. But if he misses this game, this does, this will certainly. He's definitely out. Rogers has confirmed he's deaf. It sounds like he's just avoided surgery, but he's out for for a while now. Okay, so yeah, th- this will certainly affect Jamie Vardy's play, the amount of chances he has, and yeah. so I, th- I think it's it's certainly if if Madison was playing, I'd be very much looking at getting Jamie Vardy in my team certainly. Um, but but you- what I'm hearing then is. You're not fancying it. I don't know. Personally, no. Um, do, okay. What grade are you giving him, Jack? Let you go first. Yeah, I'm going to give... I'm I'm not too excited about Vardy. Um, I wanted to have a little look into it. Um, I actually ran a poll, which I'm going to talk about a short, short while ago today. Mm. But um, no one mentioned Vardy. Only Birdie's mentioned Vardy. Um, I think he's slightly better than De Bruyne, who got a D. But I'm going to give him a C-. minus. <laughs> How about you? Well, I think... Because Ars- because it's Arsenal, when he likes a goal against <laughs> Arsenal, I'm going to give him a, I'll give him a C plus. I'll give him a C plus. Um, I think he's sort of same as Gundogan, sort of level. I mean, there's a chance it pays off, but I think it's unlikely. Okay, now, I like it. We have our final two choices. They are. Should we do the boring one or the exciting one first? Um, let's do let's do the boring one first. We'll end on a bit of excitement. Let's end on excitement, sure. Do you want to say the name? So, the boring one, I assume you mean, is Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah, indeed. Uh, I was worried you were going to say the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the boring one, Mr Mo Salah. I mean, there's a reason why he gets the most points, more or less, every season. I think he has for the last two or three, or two out of the last three. He consistently gets goals. He's the top scorer in the league. There is the issue about how Liverpool are playing at the moment, though. Um, as a Liverpool supporter, I know full well how badly Liverpool have been, and how bad Liverpool have been at the moment. So it's a worry. It's certainly a worry. And Liverpool are playing Chelsea, who, as we mentioned earlier, have been sort of only second to Man City defensively since Tuchel came in. So it's even though it's it. Is even though you consider it to be vanilla with Salah, I think the captaincy on him could be it could arguably be a Raspberry Ripple captaincy this week. It would be a very Raspberry Ripple so, captain. No one's really, yeah. But uh, Liverpool's form is just if you're going with form over fixtures, you can't captain Liverpool players at the moment. You want to see them sort of hit their stride, but it's just that quality yeah. that Salah has. He's on penalties, he gets goals, but yes, yeah. it's, it's a tough one. What do you think? Yeah, so since the turn of the year, Salah's only Jamie Vardy in our list has worst average points. He's averaging 4.4 points. He's had five double-figure hauls, but since the turn of the year, I think there was only 
has there even been any since the turn of the year? I'm not sure. I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head. Things have really, really slowed down from Liverpool. Those injuries have very much caught up with them now. Um, he's he, He's got a relatively okay return blank rate, which is actually, no, 41% is pretty crap. Um, so he's, he's a risk there. He's not scoring many points at the moment. Liverpool are struggling for form. So then you think, okay, well, what about the op- opponents? Well, it doesn't get any easier, Robbie. It doesn't get any easier. They're playing against Sheffield United, who are missing all three of their defenders, yet are still only ninth for expected goals against. So they're not flooding chances. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're still quite a solid side. And there's obviously this this other stuff going on with Wilder and Klopp. I don't think they particularly like each other. Mm-hmm. And that's going to probably give Sheffield more motivation for a team that are really fighting for every single point they can get. And they're going to see a really vulnerable Liverpool side and think, we can get out of here. And with the back five, I can see Mo really getting shut out there. And then they go and play the second best defence in the league in Chelsea. And in the return fixtures, Salah got two against Sheffield, three against Chelsea, which means the stats don't back him up. The form doesn't back him up. The fixtures don't back him up. So why would you go for him? <laughs> you know, because he's Mo Salah, and because he because he is Mo Salah, exactly that. Yes, you are very right. Yeah. So, so what are you giving them, Robbo? What are you going to get? What's, what's your birth score? Well, if he wasn't Mo Salah, if he wasn't the top scorer in the league the last however many seasons, he'd be getting a much lower rating. But he has that Mo Salah factor, and so he's on a B minus just purely because of Liverpool's form and it's some tough fixtures. But because it's Mo Salah, I think he's a better option than some of the others we've already talked about. Yeah, yeah, I think I pro- I'm probably going to agree with yeah. you again. I think a, a B minus is probably about right. He's he's not he's not going to do it for me. Um, but would I be shocked? I've just I, I rage transferred him out. Yeah. Would I be shocked if he now absolutely banged and punished me further? No. Would I be shocked if he blanks? No. Yeah. Um, so that'd be a really interesting one. But should we go for it? Yeah, let's let's end on the exciting one. So yeah. we talked about one half of Merseyside. Let's talk about the other one. The Blues, yeah, they did beat Liverpool as much as I, it pains yeah. me to say it for the first time in what twenty two years at Anfield. Ninety nine, yeah. And Gosh. this man didn't play much of it, but you'd expect him to be starting. It's Dominic Calvert Lewin, um, yeah, because he did have a hamstring injury. He's but he'll be back in the team, you'd presume anyway. And the, the, yeah. the, his opponents are West Brom, who have been dire all season really defensively and Southampton who have been dire defensively in the last sort of two months or so so if you're going by the fixtures you can't look past Dominic Calvert-Lewin at the moment and he's very consistent he's um, he's got the lowest blank rate out of the out of the players we've mentioned so he's only blanked in in seven games this season out of a possible 21 um, mm-hmm. But he, when he does score, he hasn't had many double-figure hauls. However, yeah. one of these double-figure hauls did come against West Brom earlier in the season. I was lucky enough to have Dominic Calvert-Lewin in my team from game week one. I think it was game week two or three where he bagged a hat-trick against West Brom. And I also had Hamas Rodriguez. He got a double-figure haul in this game. So he he looks like such an option this week. And I, I, I think he's certainly a very, very good choice. What do you think? 
Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think, as Robbie's kind of said, um, he's playing against Southampton, who are the current worst team since Jan- January the 1st for goals against and expected goals against, and the 19th worst goals against and expected goals against. As far as fixtures go, you could not handpick two better fixtures for an informed striker. As Robbie has said, the one thing to really bear in mind with Calvert-Lewin is there has only been three double-figure hauls. He obviously doesn't get that clean sheet point. Um, And so that's something to really bear in mind. It's hard to see him getting two double-figure hauls back-to-back, but it's not impossible to see it Mm. because of the teams that he's playing this season uh, in these games. Um, He's got a low blank rate, so he feels like he could actually be really quite a safe option compared to these other guys. You could expect a goal in each game. I think that would that would mm. be beyond expectation. Yeah. Um, he's a really interesting pick, like a, like a really really interesting pick with only seven blanks in twenty one games. That's that's he's safe. He's mm-hmm. safe, and I really thought about it. And actually, I ran my poll today, which I'll quickly mention. A lot of people mentioned about Calvert Lewin, including FT LOL podcast. Who else mentioned him? Uh, FPL Parok Rocker. Um, F. I can't pronounce that. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the one that really put the thought in my mind was uh, Thomas Jones, 96. And Thomas Jones had this to say, which was Calvert Lewin has Southampton at home and West Brom away. Arguably the best set of fixtures for double game week 26. He has proven to be a high quality finisher this season and Everton will have all of their top assets back in their first team. He has a 56% of Everton's expected goal involvement. While he hasn't scored against Southampton before, their defensive form is one of the worst in the league. And he scored a hat-trick against West Brom earlier on in the season. So there is some history. And Scouse Mouse also went along with that and kind of was saying Calvert-Lewin. So he was a very popular other choice. Um, I'll quickly wrap up on my other poll choices in a minute uh, and talk about the results of that. But of the other comments, um, it was all Calvert-Lewin related mostly. So Calvert-Lewin is interesting. I really would love to see some people go for the triple captain. I'm not going to lie to you, Robbo. I am playing my triple captain. I... I keep on flicking between, oh, I'm going to go Bruno and just try and make some moves up the league a little bit. Uh, And then I go, actually, no, I'm going to go Kane and go a bit, you know, a bit crazy, but he's still on penalties, which Calvert-Lewin isn't, which is great. And then sometimes I think, oh, why don't I just go for it? It's a a game. It's supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. But it's a risk. It is a risk. Um, I'm going to give Calvert-Lewin on the bird scale an A. Big. I think... I would give him an A star if he had a couple more double digit returns, but those fixtures, that form, the, the lack of blanks is interesting. What are you saying, yeah, mate? So I'm I'm going to give Calvert-Lewin an A minus. I'm going to give him the same sort of grade as Kane. Um, again, yeah. it's due to the the lack of double fixture hauls. He's not on penalties, and he is coming back from an injury. You don't know if he's been rushed back a little bit too quickly. Hamstring. He has been. He he has come back quite quickly, and the hamstring injuries can really flare up and sort of tweak again quite easily. So that that is something to consider. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm giving him an A minus. I think Bruno is the probably the best captaincy pick this week, and I think Calvert Lewin and Kane will play second. You've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We appreciate this has been a slightly longer segment. So 
This will be the inaugural episode where we do not include Jack's stat of the week. No, but to be to be <laughs> fair, we've given you a lot of stats right here, so I think we're more so many stats. Yes. See, when Birdie's gone, that's when we dish out all the culture chat. Don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just to say, I ran a poll earlier on today. I think this is a nice way to wrap it up and wrap up our pod for the day. Thank you, as always, for listening. There were the the three options. Well, four options were Kane, Bruno, Salah and other. Other I'm going to now call Calvert-Lewin. Uh, so Salah came last with 8.6% of votes for the triple captaincy. Calvert-Lewin came third with 15.1%. Bruno came second with 31%. And a whopping 45% goes to Prince Harry Kane. Now, if if this was who wants to be a millionaire, that would be asked the audience. The question is, are you going to listen to them?